0: and welcome back. Today we have three stories of near-death experiences that resulted in dying, going to heaven, and meeting Jesus. I think these experiences give us all hope in the afterlife. The three true stories today of heavenly visitations were originally done by CBN.
1: I didn't see what he was yelling at. I didn't see the ambulance coming, but I remembered him yelling. That was the last thing I heard from him.
2: On a Sunday morning in 1997, Julie Kemp, her husband Andy, and their eight-year-old son Landon were driving home from church when an ambulance returning to its station broadsided their car in an intersection. Andy died instantly. Rescuers stabilized Julie but did not realize there was a third passenger in the car.
1: They couldn't see his body because of the damage that was done to the driver's side of the car, and Landon was sitting behind his dad. And when they saw Landon's shoe, it took a deeper search for his body. When they pulled Landon out um, from the back of the car, he was not breathing. And they all started working on him right away to bring him back.
2: Landon was resuscitated and life-flighted to Carolina's Medical Center. He died two more times that day. And both times, he was brought back to life. Doctors didn't give Julie much hope for his survival.
1: They told me that if he lived, which did not look good, but that if he lived, that he would be like an eight-year-old baby, that um, he would not know how to walk or talk or to eat. I was so desperate that that was okay. I would take that just to have him. He was all that I had.
2: At her husband's funeral, Julie remembers feeling abandoned by God.
1: I was very disappointed, heartbroken. And while I'm sitting at the funeral, I'm fussing at God. I don't understand. why this happened. I don't understand um, why he didn't send angels to protect us. But in the very next breath, I'm praying as hard to him as I've ever prayed in my life for Landon to live.
2: Landon had suffered massive head trauma during the accident and remained in a coma.
1: He's hooked up to all kinds of machines to keep him alive. And there are no signs. There's nothing good or bad. They see nothing happening. I kept praying that he would open his eyes.
2: After two weeks in a coma, Landon opened his eyes. To everyone's amazement, he had no brain damage. But in the midst of her joy, Julie knew she had to tell Landon about his father.
1: He had scars on his face, and his head was just full of hurt. And I didn't want to hurt him anymore. So I asked Landon. I said, Landon, do you know where your dad is at? And he told me, yes, I know where he's at. I saw him in heaven.
2: Landon is now grown, but still clearly remembers his amazing experiences in heaven.
3: I remember being able to see my dad and his friend, Olin Palmer who had passed away less than a month before he did, also in a car accident, and Olin's son, Neil Palmer, who had died on a four-wheeler years before. Never one of us said a word to each other, but we were just all standing there.
1: He looked over to me and says, oh, Mom, by the way, I forgot to tell you, I saw your other two kids. And I just looked at him because um, I wasn't sure what he was talking about, but I um, I had two miscarriages before Landon was born. We had never shared that with Landon. He did not know that um, we had lost two children before him.
3: I knew that they were my siblings, even though no one had ever told me about them. Just being in heaven, I guess you you know your own or you know who everyone is. He says each time he died, he had a different
2: experience in heaven. During the third time, He says he met Jesus and was given a mission.
3: It was almost as if like a a preview of a movie to where you only get to see certain bits and pieces of things. Jesus came to me and told me that I have to go back to Earth and be a good Christian and tell others about him.
2: Today, through Grief Share, Landon and Julie use their story to help others who are struggling with loss and in need of hope.
1: I didn't understand in 1997 you know, why God didn't send an angel. But I know that there were angels there. And I know that um, we were protected. And we are living out what his plan is for us. Instead of staying mad at him, I was able to use the story to help others not to give up and to um, keep their faith on their grief journey.
3: I just want people to realize that Jesus is real. There is a heaven. There are angels. And um, to follow his word in the Bible. And life does get better at the end. In her book, Faith Has Its Reasons, Julie says
2: God has used their experience to bring others closer to him and has brought new blessings to them.
1: It is a huge blessing that I get to watch my child tell others about Jesus. He is always willing to let others know that there is a heaven because he's been there.
3: I know I'm doing it for Jesus. I know that he's real. I know that angels are there. I know that there's a heaven. I'm not doing it for someone who I don't know or I've never seen. I've seen Jesus. I know he's there. He's asked me to do this, and this is what I'm doing.
0: Are you interested in scary places? Well, I found a great podcast called Your Haunted Holiday. Each week, sisters Lisa and Lindsay will take you to some of the most haunted places in the world. Their incredible research into how these places became haunted is complemented by their insight into the ghostly activities that are present. They give you information on ghost tours, prices, and much more. That's Your Haunted Holiday, You can go to yourhauntedholiday.com or just listen to wherever great podcasts are found.
4: I instantly fell to my knees in front of him and I knew that I was falling in the presence of God. Crystal McVeigh wasn't
5: having a dream. She had died and says she woke up in heaven. And it was
4: this God that had run from my whole life. Her journey
5: away from him began when she was molested at three years old.
4: I grew up believing that I was disgusting and broken and filthy.
5: Crystal went to church with her mother. When she was eight, she accepted Christ and was baptized. She hoped that would cleanse her from the guilt and shame of being molested. But the abuse continued until she was 12 years old.
4: I decided that there were two options. Either one, there was a God, and He didn't love me for whatever reason, because He hadn't stopped the things that had happened in my life. He hadn't saved me. Or two, there was no God.
5: In her teen years, Crystal started using drugs and alcohol and was promiscuous. By the time she was 21, Crystal was a divorced mother with two children. Finally, at 28, she settled down and married Virgil, and they had twins. 10 months later in December 2009, doctors performed a routine procedure that triggered pancreatitis. She had complications and ended up with a 110 degree fever. Her mother Bonnie came to the hospital.
4: She didn't look right. She looked swollen to me. They had uh, put her on a pain pump. I felt very calm and very peaceful. I remember opening my eyes and seeing my mom sit at the chair at the foot of my bed. And I told her that I loved her. She felt cold, and when I looked up, her lips were blue, and she wasn't breathing. And I turned around, and her face was black. And I just started screaming, she's dead, she's dead. The nurse told me, she said, you need to leave. You need to, and I told her, I'm not going anywhere.
0: Code blue, we need the crash cart in here. Quick.
5: For the next nine minutes, doctors and nurses tried to resuscitate Crystal. About that time, Crystal's husband, Virgil, arrived.
2: Everything went through my mind. I didn't know if she was alive. I didn't know if she was dead.
4: I know why they didn't want me in there. It's violent. And so her nine minutes in heaven were my nine minutes in hell.
5: While the team worked to revive her, Crystal says she was in heaven.
4: The first thing I remember becoming aware of was that I was still me. And I was still the me who had just told my mother that I loved her and died. And I was very aware of the fact that I had just died. But I was also the me that had existed from the moment that God had created me. The light came to me as if I was in the middle of the tunnel, yet it went on for eternity. I remember being so at peace and so bathed in this light and this love. She knew she was in the presence of God I didn't see a face. I didn't see any features other than this beautiful light. And words like amazing and perfect and beautiful, they fall so drastically short. I could not get enough of him. I could not breathe enough of him in. I could not get close enough to the light, and the light was all over me.
5: Then Crystal says she tried to ask God a question.
4: I wanted to know why he didn't love me or why he lets bad things happen. And yet as I stood in front of him and I faced him and I fell to my knees and I raised my hands, the question I called out to him was, why didn't I do more for you? Because in an instant, he revealed his true self to me, which is love. I had never truly worshiped God ever in my entire life. But I fell in front of him, and I worshiped him. And as I lay there in worship, in awe of this creator, I remember saying, I could worship you for eternity. Crystal
5: traveled with God down a tunnel toward the gates of heaven. She noticed a small child ahead of her.
4: She wore a bonnet on her head, and she had a little white basket in her hand. I watched her pick her basket up and dip it in the light. She would scoop it. And then she would dump the light out as if it was water. And the light would cascade out of her basket. And she would throw her head back. And she would laugh. And every time she laughed, every time she moved, my spirit began to swell as if it was a balloon with love.
5: God revealed to Crystal that she was seeing herself at three years old.
4: She was me at the moment that the enemy stepped into my life and whispered that I was worthless, that I was broken, that I was disgusting, that I got everything I deserved. She was the three-year-old that heard that God didn't love her, that he had abandoned her, that he had forsaken her, and that God didn't exist. And he allowed me to know that he had allowed me to look through his eyes and to see the truth And the truth set me free. All of Crystal's
5: doubts about the existence of God and his love for her faded away.
4: I remember what it felt like to be in chains. And I remember the moment that he took them from me. I was free. And he didn't just say, Crystal, I love you. He allowed me to experience his love. And his love almost made me explode. Then, Crystal says she heard her mother calling her name. And I said, can I go tell her that I'm okay?" And he said, the choice is up to you. And I turned away from this light to go and find where her voice was coming from. And when I turned, he said, tell them what you can remember. And I remember calling back, I'll remember everything, and I'll be right back. And I looked down through the floor of this tunnel of heaven, and it was as if I was looking at a million shimmering diamonds. And the instant that I noticed those diamond-like substances, I was back in my body. Krista woke up in the hospital surrounded
5: by the medical team.
4: And I turned to my mom, who was crying, and I told her that I was in heaven, that I was with God that I was in the most beautiful light, and that I was okay. Crystal left the hospital eight days
5: later. She'll tell you she left there a different person.
4: My life has completely changed. Uh, The person that died in that hospital room was not the same person who came back in so many different ways. But the difference is is that I know that there is a, a God who loves us. I know that there is a Father who really is listening to us, who really is holding us.
5: Crystal has written about her journey in her New York Times best-selling book called Waking Up in Heaven.
4: People often ask me, what is your message? What message did he send you back with? And it is so simple that it just doesn't matter who we are, where we've been, what's been done to us, what we've done, that his love is so vast and so great that it encompasses everything. And that we have that love, not for anything that we've done to deserve it, but because He finds us worthy and because He gives us the choice to choose Him.
0: Hello again. This is The Watchman. Please join us each week for an exciting and inspirational podcast dealing with Angel encounters, heavenly visitations, near-death experiences, as well as modern-day prophecies that are relevant to us today. So tune in each week and share it with your friends. After all, they could use a little inspiration in their life, too. That's the Watchman on the Wall podcast. And now you can find us on YouTube.
6: In the dream, I was driving in my car, and I came upon this accident scene that had to do with semi-trucks. And so when I started waking up out of the dream, I was like, I could feel it was a dream from the Lord, and I felt burdened. And so I began to pray right away.
2: March of 2000, two months after Cheryl Schulke's dramatic dream, her sister Valerie Paters was in a freeway pileup near her home in Flagstaff, Arizona. Valerie's car was crushed under the weight of a semi-truck, And it took first responders several hours to extract her from the vehicle. A mutual friend was on the scene and got word to Cheryl that Valerie was unconscious and not expected to survive.
6: We hung up the phone. And the minute we hung up, I started praying. I said, God, how do you want me to pray for Valerie? And he said, pray that she will live and not die and declare the works of the Lord.
2: Those words from Psalm 118, verse 17, gave Cheryl hope as she prayed for her sister's life.
6: It stirred my faith to believe that the impossible was possible already before I even saw her. So when I did see her, I was not moved by what I saw in the hospital, because I didn't even recognize her. But what moved me was the word of God.
2: A prayer chain quickly started as word spread through their church community. But when Cheryl got to the hospital, Doctors gave her a grim report.
6: They pretty much told us she had, you know, we had no hope that she was probably not going to make it. There was no brain activity. Um, they kept her on life support to harvest her organs.
2: Cheryl would not give up. She gathered friends and continued praying for Valerie to wake from her coma.
6: I want those that I have already prayed with, or one in spirit, that. We'll believe God's word and we're going to go to war and we're going to pray over Valerie. And so we took a time one day, I think it was on a Wednesday, we went into the chapel and we took over the chapel and the chapel became like a war room. We went in there and we just began to speak life over her. We prayed over her.
2: Their prayers continued for days, but there were no visible signs of improvement. Meanwhile, Valerie was experiencing a very different reality in heaven.
7: When I stepped into heaven, I mean, I, I hit the light, and I was literally blinded by the light. I'm blinded still today of the light of his presence. I stood up, I turned around, and there was Jesus. And I don't know if I, I ran to him or he came to me. I mean, all of a sudden, we were there. He just smiled at me, and I felt all this emotion that he had for me. I finally felt like I, I was home. It was like I stepped into, finally, I belonged. This is where I belonged. This I was home.
2: Valerie had been a Christian for most of her life, but says she never believed that God really loved her.
7: In my heart of hearts, I did not believe that I was worthy of his love because I always felt like I was never going to measure up to what I thought the Lord wanted from me. So when I felt his emotion, I felt how he felt about me and the things that I, I thought about myself, like my flaws or my, my issues, he never even noticed. He just wants me. It wasn't anything that I, I did for him. It wasn't my performance, nothing. It was, it was just me. I wasn't just loved by him, but he was in love with me, and I was his. That was it. I was done for. (laughs) And I I thought, "Ah." but then realizing this is how he feels about his creation. Those that he's created, whether they know him yet or not, this is how he feels.
2: Valerie says she felt like she was there for a thousand years and experienced life and love like she never had on earth. Then Jesus told her she had to go back with a message.
7: He said you can stay if you want to and I said well if I can stay I'm staying with you I'm gonna stay with you and he said but your purpose isn't done and he said I want you to tell them tell the people who I am who I really am because I thought he was you know, religious, I thought he was mean, I thought he was... Um, I didn't think he was, you know, human. And he he's human, he'll always be human, but he's God. I didn't want to leave him. I hated leaving, but I had to come back. And the next thing I knew, I was making like my descent back to the earth.
2: At the hospital, days after the accident, the medical team began reacting to new signs of life.
6: And the doctor's checking. He's flashing the light in her eyes. And and he, he looks at me, and he said, get ready. I think your sister's coming back. I see some brain activity. I, I just began to rejoice, rejoice. And I said, thank you, Lord.
2: Valerie soon woke up and experienced a miraculous recovery. Two and a half months after the accident, she walked out of the hospital, healed both physically And spiritually,
7: I I know who I really am, and so when I had to deal with, you know, coming back with the suffering, um, my my time with the Lord is what carried me through my recovery.
6: While Valerie was in heaven getting a revelation of the love of jesus i was on earth getting a revelation of the love of jesus there's a love that i've experiencing jesus's love that i'd never experienced before as a christian
2: cheryl and valerie look back on their experience amazed and thankful for the answered prayers and love they each received in their time of need
7: i was worth the price that He paid that blew me away
6: we are worth the price that he paid for us. It was the power of prayer to see God bring forth a miracle. Believe the word of the Lord, stand on his word, get a scripture and stand on that word and and continue to pray no matter how bad it looks. Even when the doctors give you the bad report, believe in the report of the Lord, which is a good report and stand in faith, believing for your miracle. And I know God will
5: give them a miracle.
0: Are you looking for a good quality used car, but don't want to pay an arm and a leg? Well, come into Rainy Used Cars. We have the largest selection in the Southeast. Whether you want a pickup or a quality SUV from mom, you'll find a variety of vehicles to choose from. We even finance. So come in today, you'll find a rainy used cars located near you.